0: it's really great to be with you all yeah kim and i are from from bath and uh yeah we were just chatting over dinner um and i was just recalling how when i was about 19 um, i was at bath I was at college there and uh, one of my friends she invited me to the church she was part of and then i ended up on a, like a foundation type course and uh, in Paul Wakeley's front room, and uh, there, one of the guys on the team sort of said to me, hey, it's time to stop questioning, it's time to believe. And um, I got saved there and then in, in, in Paul Wakeley's house. And I think he's been with you guys this week, hasn't he? And so he's a real dear friend of ours, and you know, he, he heads our, our church and group up Father's House in Bath. Kim, did you want to say something now or how do you want to work it? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you'd like to do. Yeah. I wasn't sure. You can come. Um, why don't you go? to okay.
1: okay, maybe I should go. <laughs> Okay, so I'm part of Father's house, and. Um, hmm. now didn't give me a lot of notice. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Sometimes it's better when we don't have too much notice, because um, we can lean on what the Holy Spirit's saying to us. And I don't know about anybody here, but very often what the Holy Spirit is saying to other people is often really what he's speaking to our own hearts, isn't it? And. And we need to kind of prayerfully put that to him and say, this is what you're saying to other people. Um, my, my, What I'm really sensing from God for myself at the moment and for friends around us at the moment is really that there's not a lot of time. There's a sense of kind of urgency from him that I feel about laying everything down. And it's so easy to use that expression, just lay everything down. And sometimes it's kind of what does that actually mean, you know, laying it all down. And I, I became a Christian when I was quite young. And I've made quite a lot of mistakes in my life. I've um, There's a song, I can't remember the name of the singer now, that beautiful, beautiful um, CD called Home. And she says, oh Lord, you know me and many of my wanderings. And there's that in... Um, yeah, Laura Woodley, yeah. And it's in the scripture. And also, uh, you yeah, I've been reading Lamentations and looking at the history of Israel. You know, <laughs> Israel made an awful lot of mistakes. Um, God was forever winning her back and she went out and made more mistakes and God was winning her back. And I feel a little bit like that's been my journey with God, that I, I wanted to get it all so perfectly right, right from the beginning. And I got it all so perfectly wrong many a time. And... To come to that place of knowing how much he loves me and how much he forgives me is actually quite a difficult place to come to because to actually know that he loves us that much, it takes a lot of convincing sometimes in our hearts we kind of we get flashes of it, but then to live it through, we very quickly go back into a sense of condemnation, just where the enemy wants you. but I have been reading lamentations, I was going to read it actually haven 't got my bible but it it' there's just amazing the way God is slow to anger, full of compassion and recently I have found that both with a sense of, um, of remorse really which is in a way historic it's not something that I'm actually facing at the moment it's like a historic remorse but it's like the Lord's brought it on me because he doesn't want any stone unturned inside of me, he wants my spirit to be absolutely clear so that I have like a, a freeway through to him And so I've had to kind of really lay down, even the things that I don't feel, I should let go of because of my guilt. Because guilt clings to you. It's like Velcro. It just sticks to you. And you think, I don't deserve to let go of this. I don't deserve his love. I don't deserve his compassion. I don't deserve his forgiveness you know, often you hear about people getting saved and everything gets sorted and they have this wonderful salvation and God comes into life and, and that does happen for some but for others of us we make quite a lot of mistakes along the way so it's a journey into understanding his deep forgiveness for our lives and... That there's just been this journey for me. And I just feel like he's saying, lay everything down, chuck it out of the boat, as we were talking to Heather earlier, chuck it out of the boat, let it all go, and just let me really love you and show you what the cross is all about. If I start taking all that stuff back, then I'm actually rejecting the cross. And it's, you know, the cross, <laughs> the cross is everything. <laughs> It's everything. And I've also... Oh, I'm not going to share this. But I've also been through an enormous amount of grief in the last year and a half. My son, my eldest son, died of cancer. And he was Down syndrome. And he, when he was born, there was a lot of like, oh, he's got healed and this and that and the other. And there's all this kind of confusion. But I just... you know, all I knew, when there was kind of a lot of thoughts going around that we should pray for him and others not... All I knew is I loved, I loved this boy with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind. And I was told so many negatives over his life that I, not in church, but, you know, in the world. And I totally rejected them. I just thought, I'm not listening to anything. I love him. Nothing matters. And this young man overcame every natural obstacle that you could. He he went away to college, you know, like, like you go to university, he went to college for three years, met his Girlfriend, who became his fiance, who became his wife. He had a paid job. He had, he loved the Lord, and you know he was a testimony of the grace of God. I mean, we went on national television. I forgot. <laughs> I always forget that. Um, but I could now. I'm, the only reason I'm sharing that with you is because. You know, we we all believe in healing, and I believe in healing, but sometimes it doesn't happen. And we also have to lay down disappointments. We have to lay down, and as you can imagine, you know, it's your disappointment, but it's also, have I done something wrong? You go through all that. You probably go through more of that as a Christian than you would as a non-Christian sometimes, because we feel we should get everything right. But then I looked at the signs that God did. You know, he got married, then he got baptised a month later. And then he got cancer the month after that. So God graciously gave him a year and a half with his wife, which was a fantastic year and a half, believe it or not. It was an amazing time where he really got close to God. And his last words to me were, Mum, just before he died, I want to see Jesus. So God did something really special in him. But I'm sharing that with you because two things, really. One, he really didn't do very much in the sense of... He didn't give loads of money away. He didn't pray for lots of people to be healed. He didn't didn't do very much. But the love that people had for this young man and the love that they felt back from him was really profound. And it just gave me a picture of how that is how God is with us. We don't get saved through good works. And we don't get rejected through failure. We, he just loves us more. He goes after the prodigal. He goes after the ones that make mistakes. He went after Israel after all her failings. And and the other thing is as well is that it's been, obviously I still grieve and it would be completely unreal to say I won't be on, you know, I'll still be grieving years to come. But there, Clive Jackson asked the other day, how are you? And I said, you know, in my grief, I feel closer to Jesus because... There is something so deeply profound in letting go of our disappointments and our pains and giving them back to him that he catches them and he carries it. And I, it doesn't stop you grieving, but something about that grief becomes a positive experience and not a negative one. And I'm just sharing that really because it's very real. It's very difficult to share this because it's so profound in my life. But because there will be... <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> and, and just... Yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's lovely. Thank you. And I, I have felt that, and I have felt God saying, you know, don't, don't hide it away your grief. You know, don't, don't pretend it's not there. Don't hide it as a shield. Lay it out because I, some of the things I feel as Christians with sin. Or with grief or with sickness. We can hide it because of shame. And I think the devil gets us one way or another through shame or guilt or pain, disappointment, rejection. There are so many things he will use to make us feel like we're just worms. But you know, the Lord showed me, he said, But Kim, I was the worm, not you. I'm the worm. I'm the one that went to the cross. I'm the one in Psalm 22. I've done that so that you can live, so that you can have life. And I can't understand, but all I can say is if Jesus wasn't real, I would not be standing here sharing this now. I'd be a mess. I would be a total and utter mess. And it's just been an amazing journey. But along that journey, through that grief, has also been like this picture of looking back things through my life. And it's like the Lord has surfaced those things and said, right, bring them up, chuck them over. And if if that's any message I've got for anybody here, I don't know if anybody's got anything like that, but whatever has been in your life, pick it up, chuck it over, because otherwise the cross is meaningless in your life. And, you know, we always have to come back to the cross, don't we? The cross is everything. And that's where we meet Jesus. And we are not going to impact other people's lives. And what you prayed, Heather, you know, that was such a lovely prayer about let us put on the armour of God. Let us be what God has made us to be. We can't be that if we feel undeserving. Because if we, well, we are undeserving. But if we feel, if we live undeserving in a way that is not taking up what God has done for us then I would go round this pitiful, sorrowful person. The extraordinary thing is I can grieve, but I don't look for pity because I don't need pity. I said to Mel, coming up in the car. And that's the other thing. Just the joints of supply. I was saying to Heather earlier, apart from that as well, Father's house, the friends in Father's house, and they're friends, you know, they're not just the body. They are the body, but they're friends too. They have been absolutely fantastic at just carrying me in a really, um, what's the word, honouring way through this, not overcrowding me, but never letting me just, you know, slip out there unnoticed. notice. The care, uh, there's so much in our care for one another. I mean, it, that is how Jesus is. I, with some friends, I feel they are Jesus to me. That is who Jesus is. I mean, it's all very well going into your room on your own, quietly praying. Sometimes you feel him, often you don't. And often that's not enough. But, you know, you go to church, I've been to church several times, and I've just felt absolutely like, Lord, I am so empty. And somebody will come up and put their arm around and just say something so loving, and, you know, it changes everything. Everything that day or that week can change just through one really kind, thoughtful word. So I just encourage, which I'm sure goes on all the time here, but that that joint of supply, approach of expression, um, it, for me, this last year and a half has just meant everything. And righteous scriptures, it's, you know, God interweaves us. It's not God over here and people over there. It's It's all of us together demonstrating Christ on the earth, isn't it? And if we do that with one another, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have loved one for another. And, you know, if we can bear our hearts, our grief, our sin, our pain, not hide it, not not pretend it's not there, then we feel safe. That's when we feel in a safe house, when we can expose everything about our lives to the one or two that can stand with us and pray with us and just love us through it, then we know that Jesus really is with us. And anyway, that's um, sorry, well, I didn't mean to be so long. <laughs> Thank you. <That> <coughs>
0: Thank
1: you.
0: And Guy, certainly, just the love of God out through his life didn't he doctors nurses I mean I'm so proud of of him I,
1: I would say that actually that was just, just one thing it's, um, it's just, you know how sometimes it's incredibly difficult to know how to give witness in the world I mean I find it quite difficult I think what can I do in my work I, I work with disability I can't just go and preach the gospel I'll probably get the sack <laughs> But after Guyzy went, it was uh, he died on the 3rd of July, and in, when Christmas came, I thought I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to write to all the people that were involved in his life. There's there were two GPs, there was a haematologist, the consultants, the nurses, all the ones that I knew quite personally. I wrote to them all, and I took photographs of their wedding because I felt two things. I felt one. I wanted to highlight how special people with disability are, that we, they're, they're just the same as everybody else and we love them and they're just the same and they, they are fantastic. And the other thing I wanted to highlight was don't don't think that just because, guys, you went, that all is lost because he's with Jesus. And so I gave the testimony through the letters and the photographs and a letter and I wrote to them the testimony of Jesus in Guy's life. And the haematologist came up to me the other day and he said, I've still got Guy... Sitting on my mantelpiece, and I thought that's quite something for the you know for the doctor to say. So that's
0: yeah. it's amazing. It is wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, very precious. Um, I'm not quite sure how you follow that, really, but <laughs> but yeah, it certainly was and has been a, a incredible journey, hasn't it? Showing the kindness of God to us all um, I just, yeah, we want to welcome the Holy Spirit continuously, don't we and uh, one of the things that can really infuriate people but has been a real blessing to me um, you know, Carol um, Arnott encourages people, doesn't he, to wear a little, little buzzer every 10 minutes and you know I, I, if I put it in the right place it doesn't affect other people too much but I've actually really valued that in terms, okay, not everybody here, no. Yes, yes, thank you. So, um, one one of the provocations from Toronto for me, and I'm sure for you, is the presence of God, which is the hallmark of of you know what the people there carry, and um, Carol and John kind of lead that movement, if you like, and, and carry the Father's love wherever they go and really minister um, in the presence of God. And, uh, you know, Carol just been one of those people who watched um, her teaching and her life as just something, you know, you kind of want to drink in these things, don't you? And uh, she's just one of those sources that I've wanted to drink in from. And um, I think she had some experiences that challenged her life. And in order to sort of stay in the healing that God was pouring in her life, she um was encouraged to worship every ten minutes and to read a chapter of the Bible every day. And um so we a few of us thought, you know, we want the presence of God like I know all of you do. So we we're just encouraging each other to, to, to just to do that. So when we're together, um, you know, we, we might do our buzz as if they're in sync. Oh, Hallelujah! So if I lift up my arms or you know I'm inviting you to worship with me, and I found it an incredible um gift to just remind me to tuck back under his love and his good heart for me when I wanna kind of rage down the road and kind of let rip in a situation or something you know that isn't the best. So for me it's been a real gift and I really want to grow in kind of that worship from my heart, um, you know, when my little birthday goes. Um, So one of the things that uh, I was just conscious of when we were preparing to come down here, um, actually just before we do that, um, is there someone here who has... either as a son or a relative he I think he's in about his late 20s 30s I don't know that kind of age bracket and um, uh, you're you're really concerned about him he rides a motor he rides motorbikes a motorbike and uh, actually if, if there is someone here who can identify with that I just feel we need to pray for his salvation because although he knows something about about God, it's not like it's unfamiliar. I feel like there's a battle over his life and the Father wants to just rescue him. So if that rings true with anyone here, we'd just like to pray. Yeah? Oh, okay. Right, I just wondered if we could agree that corporately. That's what I had in my heart. Um, Yeah, what's his name? Matthew. Matthew, Father. So we just uh, thank you that, Father, you know us by name. You know every hair on our head. Father, we just want to bring Matthew to you now, and Father, we want to speak over his heart and mind that the rages of the enemy will stop, and that uh, revelation and salvation will come in his life. Hi, there will be a fresh alignment with the kingdom of heaven in this Hi, Father, we agree together for a release of the prophetic and revelation spirit on him to open his eyes to who you are. We agree in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah. um, I I just also just had a sense um, that there was... These are quite tricky things to say. <laughs> a man, grey hair, tallish, kind of 50s, 60s, that sort of thing. There's actually a very serious situation around your life. I'm not sure if it's directly you, but it's kind of around your life. Maybe, Anna, that God's hand is—it feels unsafe for you. It feels quite vulnerable because of the circumstances around your life. But God is saying he's a very strong and steady rock sustainer of life and that you can trust him to do good so um, yeah you know we can we can pray for you afterwards if that rings for you but what I did want to say over over you is that over a over, over you as a company in this region I was just telling Heather When I started to journal about coming here It was a week or so ago A bit longer than that And um, instantly the, um, the phrase that I started writing Was um, Hold fast for the winds are blowing And there was that whole sense of storm And, um, and so my spirit Is about to move strongly do not be overwhelmed looking to the right or to the left, for I am the anchor that holds the boat in the storm. Hi. And then when I heard today the, the wind was it's 100, it's 100 miles an hour down here, I just felt like, okay, you know, it's obviously for you guys to weigh, but there is a sense that there is going to be a serious, Wave of the Holy Spirit's activity around here, around this area, and uh, you know, it, it's, you know how when the wind, when we were coming down, it's kind of messy, isn't it? You know, you're kind of the cars rocked a bit, uh, and you kind of don't feel the usual things are in place. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit messy around, <laughs> and uh, things are going to be a little bit foreign and unknown. And yet he 's warning us in advance so that when things disrupt our neat little meetings, hi, when things break out down the road and kind of in a really messy place, and we you know we kind of end up in this situation, maybe it 's going to be a you know i don 't know a biker 's gang or something you know we're going to be he is going to plant us in situations that aren 't our normal comfortable selves he 's going to do that we 're going to find ourselves in those ways. And, you know, the anchor is going to be him. Our relationship will remain steady. So I just feel like, you know, we need to take um, it seriously that he is coming. (laughs) And it's going to be like you and me, isn't it? It's us. We're we're the ones he has in his hand at this time. We're the ones that he's loving to life. So, hi, I want to encourage you to get ready because the wind is going to blow really strongly. Yeah, big shifts. And I also see for some of you that actually there's going to be a um, movement, quite um, unexpected movement, from where you currently are, where you're, you're happy, and you know, so, or even you've kind of just got used to where you are. There's going to be some new. You're going to be planted in some new environments. Some of you, some of you are actually going to ha- have to handle big shifts, big changes. So just to put that, you know, in your thinking, because it is a time of change, it is a time of shift, um, but I just see that there's some of you are going to have big, big changes that you think, whoa, hang on, how did that happen? There's no current, natural, um, obvious route of that happening. So just throwing those bit out. What I really wanted to talk about were, um, one, global awareness, open door Inheriting our dreams, threshing floor and uh, humility. I know that's
1: quite a lot, but I guess
0: they're the key words that came uh, that are with me at this time and um, so I just wanted to particularly touch on sort of lunar signs, which I 'm sure you you've had a brief look at you know that you've talked about anyway, and also we just I'm just going to worship him, you can join me if you like. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you, we love you, we love you and welcome you here. Thank you, Father. I have your way. Reveal yourself. Um, and uh, just the threshing floor. So I'm just going to touch on the lunar signs. What I love about our Father is that, you know, he is full of loving kindness, and so wants the best for us. And, uh, you know, in making the heavens and making the earth, you know, he put the the sun and the moon and the stars and all these things as light for us, but also Genesis 1 says as, as signs so that we can tell the times, tell the seasons. And um, Jesus in in Luke tells us that um, in Luke 21, that there will be signs, the sun and in the moon and the stars and on the earth and distress of the nations. He also just uh, talks about, yeah, sorry. So I just wanted to highlight that the scripture tells us that the the, the sun, the moon, the stars are a sign of communication to us From a father whose heart is for the whole world, so that everyone can see, everyone can have a level of awareness with that. And uh, the sons of Issachar knew the times and knew the seasons. And we want to be a people, don't we, who are aware and in tune and aligned with what the father is doing at this time. So, um, you know, some of you would have heard about the lunar eclipses and the whole red moons thing so I just wanted to highlight what significance that has the potential to mean this is information based from NASA so it's not just kind of random stuff Um, and from when Jesus died on the cross there was a whole series of lunar eclipses and that's really when Um, you see there's sort of a blood moon, and it kind of, you know, you have that eclipse of the moon. And when they line up with Jewish festivals and holy days, history has taught us that there is a significant shift in the earth. So, when Jesus died and rose, there were four of these eclipses. And when they run together in sets of four, so you have two one year and then two another, they're called tetrads. And um, so the, the, that's happened eight times from when Jesus died and rose to the current day. So they're very rare In the past 500 years, there's only been three. Um, And 1948 was the establishing of Israel. Then the next two years, 49, 50, there was a tetrad. Then again, um, in the Six-Day War, when Jerusalem became back under Israel, uh, and Israel had Jerusalem as its capital, That was another tetrad then. So they're the ones in the past 500 years and there's others back in between. So the next one is due this year and next year. And just wanted to raise awareness of that because, um, you know, Israel affects and the sort of the dynamics of the Middle East there whatever your kind of stand or heart towards Israel it affects not only you know, the surrounding nations but it also affects the whole kind of global scene because of the relationships and uh, NASA are unable to predict any more Tetrabs they can't foresee any more happening so You know, with our comfortable lifestyles and where we are and how we live our lives, it's really, I find it very easy to be thinking only in terms of, you know, pension or, you know, holiday or whatever. But, and of course, you know, that's right. We need to be good stewards. But there's something happening in the spirit realm. And Jesus, who so many times calls us to watch and pray. And I think the, you know, the uh, whatever level of conclusion you feel from what I've just shared about these lunar uh, the, the tetrads and the eclipses, the actual minimum we can all take away is that we watch and that we pray. And I believe He's asking, you know, us as a body of Christ, if you like, to kind of just be a little bit more awake to changes that are going to be coming on the earth and that we kind of are awake to you know what's happening and we catch the prophetic spirit from you know that from heaven really so that we are not caught unaware we are like the sons of Issachar that we are awake to the dynamics of change and I kind of I, I realize that's quite quite a strong word when you've had a <coughs> day of father's love on Monday and yet you know the Father's heart is to prepare us so that we can love the bridegroom, so that as the bride, we can just meet him. And so, you know, the Father's love pours in so that as the bride, we can then respond. You know that beautiful kind of triangle of relationship, doesn't it, that we're invited to be part of. So, yeah, so first of... um, Sorry, the 15th of April, this year's Passover. There'll be a lunar eclipse. 8th of October, the Thanksgiving harvest. And then there will actually be a solar eclipse in March next year. Then the 4th of April, Passover. And then the 28th of September next year, there will be the the next one. And obviously there's loads of other activity going on, isn't there, with comets and all kinds of stuff. So our response would be really good to just ask them to you know, wake us up and help us watch and pray. Just touching in now on, uh, on the threshing floors. So we've got this kind of intimate thing with Father and he, we know he's preparing us for the bridegroom. And then, um, you know, we've got this whole global context that we're part par- and caught up with And, uh, you know, we actually was in Israel earlier this year. And it was one of those surreal experiences which kind of affects you profoundly more when you kind of come back and kind of it stays with you even more than perhaps when you're actually there. But one of the things that so caught me bizarrely was uh, the threshing floors. Now, we were kind of just out of Jerusalem, maybe 20 minutes And um, we actually were by the village that King David, when he was trying to return the ark in the wrong way, you know, do you remember he called the army in, come and help me move the ark back, and did it all the wrong way. And there was a little bit of contempt around in a way. And Isaiah touched the, the ark of the presence, and David left it. And we were actually just looking on at this place Keres Jerim, I think that's how you pronounce it and uh, you could just see this sort of in the, it's actually in the Arab area so it's not very easy to you know to actually go onto that land at the moment um, and you can just see this kind of flattish area where with some hills around it but it's quite high so that the east wind was, could come and blow the the chaff away and, uh, of course, you know the, the Israelites would, they would gather the harvest, put the, the sheaves, once they dried out, on the threshing floor that had been prepared, get the oxen, and uh, just, with a sort of a sledge behind the oxen, process the, 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 the wheat or the barley, and the chaff would blow and separate out the straw, and the grains were left for bread and for offering and all of that so I was just wondering hey why is it I'm curious about this threshing floor of all things and we got home and I had this kind of dream and I was dressed in in white and uh, just on this threshing floor standing there and uh, I knew inside was was actually the bridegroom you know Jesus as the bridegroom and um, but I kind of looked it was full of light and in the light, I worship you. There was uh, just flames of fire, and I, I kind of was so—I was like stuck there, sort of deciding if I go in, I will be consumed by fiery love. I will, you, you know, it's a kind of stepping in thing that you'll never be the. You will burn with His love, and. um, I just wow hey what is it that causes me to be a little bit cautious why didn't I just run in there and so began this whole chat with God about threshing floors and what what was it in my own heart um and yeah you know so I just wanted to share two threshing floors that I believe are pertinent for us as the body at this time and uh the first one is about Ruth. Do you, you know that story where she um, followed Naomi back to Israel? She, Naomi and her family had gone to Moabite and uh, to my brother, and disaster had struck. And Naomi had come home, um, was coming home, had lost her husband, and Ruth had lost her husband, lost everything, and uh, a desperate, dire situation and they were traveling back to Israel and of course as a moabite Ruth would have been an outcast and not really allowed in the you know not allowed to worship and there they were kind of trying to regain some sort of hope some sort of life and in the midst of that whole time um Ruth would go to the fields wouldn't she and she would try and glean whatever was left over from the harvesters and he kind of Boaz had said to her the man who owned the field that she was collecting the food from that you know you're going to find the kindness of God because you've come under the shadow of his wing and then Naomi says to her it's time for you To go and ask, just go go to the threshing floor and find out if Boaz, this man who owned the field and owned kind of the land there, will actually take you back under you know under his wing, and that whole term of the King Redeemer, you know the one like Christ would take us up and care for us. And um, I was just so struck how this woman you know, she cleansed herself so she washed herself she put on her best clothes and she put ointment on and you know, in the dark of the, the night, after all these guys had been harvesting working on the threshing floor, sorting out the you know, the grain and you know, the, the kind of food and then they all kind of celebrated and were had a good feast and then was sleeping on the threshing floor really protecting the food and here she was this kind of semi-outcast who'd earned respect in the community and her mother-in-law is saying I want you to go where these guys are watch where Boaz lays down and go in there go there and softly go in Take the cover off his feet and lay down by him. And it's just a beautiful picture of surrender and humility and absolute vulnerability. Losing her reputation if things go wrong. You know, courage to do that in the first place. And I just feel that there's such a call for us as a British people, <laughs> to lay down our... Yeah, I think Kim talked about that a little bit too. Lay down the kind of the self-protection, to lay down the things that have... You know, the respectability that has kept us from really pouring our love and our worship, worship on Him. And I believe that is a call on us at this time to just really... Um, be vulnerable with him in intimacy, and not shrink back from kind of yeah, you know, letting him see all that we are. And then we, it was actually incredibly beautiful story, isn't it? Because he says to her, look, just stay here and um, until you know it's it's just before dawn, and then go home, and I will let you know the answer whether I can actually provide care and cover for you. And in her positioning in that way, she actually had the Kingsman Redeemer, or Jesus, defending her and working on her behalf to bring everything she needed in ways of restoration into her life. So she went from a widow of serious poverty to becoming one who had a powerful man Jesus fighting for her. She then married him, so she became a wife. She then had a child, and that child then, or Obed, well, yeah, then it's Jess, David. So she became the great grandmother of King David, and obviously, and she became you know part of a wealthy family that was well able to care for others so her transition through humility and vulnerability actually meant she became one who had more than enough to give and actually influenced the royal line of King David incredible story isn't it and that's I believe we're at that threshing floor fresh of um, intimacy the other threshing floor I just wanted to mention and talk about for a moment was the threshing floor where Gideon um, exchanged incredible fear and unknownness if you like for strategy that changed a nation through his fearlessness and yieldedness to the Holy Spirit so the angel of the Lord turns up Gideon he supposed to be at the threshing floor, but they're actually hiding in the wine press doing the work hidden because Israel at that point has had just enemies come every year from the east come in like like locusts really come and take all their wealth, take all their food, and uh, you know again and again they 're less poor, and of course, so here 's the unknown. Gideon, the lowest of the low again, and uh, the angel of the Lord turns up. Give him a fright. Um, Turns up, Jesus, I think it's kind of grounds to believe that was Jesus, turned up and spoke to him. And said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valour. Crazy, and doesn't God treat us like that? He comes and He calls us who we are in Him, not what our life is like, not how we've become, we've got into believing we are because of this cycle of oppression. And Gideon's response is, is, "Oh Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us?" And he was in that kind of—you know—we can be in that negative, oppressed frame. But he had to lay that down, didn't he? He had to kind of agree with, 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 with Jesus about, yeah, this is not from you, this overwhelming poverty, the enemy overriding my life is not from you. And uh, respond to Jesus. So there, bravely, we know the story, he kind of pulled down the, the bale worship and uh, on that threshing floor... He then um you know offered the sacrifice of the of the um of the cattle there and responded to what god was speaking to him about and do you, know, you know he was saying, well, if you really said to me that i'm going to be victorious over the Midianites, then you know i want to kind of want a few signs so then you remember the dream Gideon went to go and explore whether he could really do what God was asking him to and uh, he heard the enemy muttering about a dream they had had and so then it came about that just 300 men routed this massive massive army that had raided them again and again and again and I guess I just want to prophesy over you guys that uh, as we kind of we worship you Father and as we lay down and agree with who we are in him and let go of our fears I believe there's a call to yieldedness that will release just little things I mean all, all Gideon felt to do was go and explore and in seeing uh, what was going on he heard a dream which meant he then routed the whole enemy and changed a nation and I just want to bless you guys to hear the small whispers of what heaven is saying so that you can change, you know, your nation or change your re- region here. But we're called, you know, we are called to things that are far beyond us, aren't we? So it's a, a fresh yielding to his, his spirit. So, yeah, that was, those were the things that I had in my heart for you guys and, uh, We need to do those threshing threshing floors in order to walk through the open doors that he's giving you at this time. Hi, and inherit, hi, the things things that he's put in your heart. Hi, hi, hi. And I want to bless confidence that the very essence of the dream that God has put in you, now is the time. And it is through our yielding, one, letting go of fear, and two, being so open and intimate that he can fight for us and then add to our lives. So just would really love to pray. If you have a dream in your heart, hi, it's something that you've carried for a long time. If you have dreams, it doesn't actually matter in what sphere it is. It's whether that dream was from God. (laughs) And you've grown weary like Gideon. And you kind of even, you know, was that really you, God? And is that ever going to happen? I just believe it would be so good to stand and for us to pray and bless that what is given from heaven that dream will become your reality. Have a sense, you know, that this year is just, uh, you know, Abraham held for 20 odd years, whatever it was, and then he actually, the Lord came to him, and within a year of the second time of him coming, he was holding the baby in his arms. And I want to bless where you have a dream that, you know, within a year... That you hold the seed, you hold the baby, you hold the beginning of that dream in a reality in your life. So if that rings true, maybe we could just pray for you, maybe you'd like to stand and we'll, we'll
1: pray. Hi, 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 hi. Hi. Ah.
0: <laughs> Father. We want to say yes to being yielded to you because you are good. Father, we just want to agree with the seeds that you have put high in these
1: hearts. Hi 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 that this is a day of watering and this is a day of release hi 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 says the lord to you do not hold back hi hey, and do not let fear grip or overwhelm you but i will
0: give you clear vision and clear insight hi hey, i will tell you when to turn to the right and when to turn to the left hi hey, for i am with you in this season of change hi hey. wow Hi, I believe he's saying he will perform big miracles for you. Hi, as you surrender doubt, hi as you surrender high past griefs and disappointments. Hey ha There's an invitation to yield afresh ha and say yes to the Father, to say yes to the Son for the sake of the kingdom. Hey. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Amen. Oh, Amen. Oh, oh, I know, I just wonder if um people would just like to confess maybe to one another what it is their dream is that they're really looking for, you know. It's good, isn't it, to be
1: saying some of these things out loud. Hi, 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 hi. Mm.
0: So take a moment to do that. Find somebody that you feel okay just to take a moment to show